1: Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage, live outrage.
0: from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What
1: economy are you talking about? It's about,
0: time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage, Mortgage Matters.
3: All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome up. Hey, there's flashing lights over there, Jim. Red and green. What does that mean? It means that you're running out of intro. Oh, got
2: That's it. That's the computer saying. Do something quick. Start yammering. Start yammering, <laughs> start yammering yeah. and don't stop yeah, for yeah, two yeah, hours. But um,
3: that goes on for quite a while, so we're good. Cool. Yeah, right on. All right. Well, welcome yeah. everybody. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a live show today, June seventeenth. To prove it, mm-hmm. uh, we don't have Danny P. Been doing some Father's Day stuff. He took a little vacay with the family. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's they good. were. Uh, kind of road tripping it out grand canyon utah oh, awesome. Awesome. getting it done ever the grand canyon grand canyon is amazing you know i went to the grand canyon one time with my best friend years ago mm-hmm. we drove out there from prescott arizona mm-hmm. took the drive got there filled with fog couldn't see more than 10 feet great drove back to prescott you need to go again i will go again yeah, it's amazing I did go to uh the Hawaiian equivalent of the Grand Canyon on Kauai. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that. No, Woo. I have not. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah.
4: Is Prescott similar to Prescott, Arizona? Similar places? Yeah,
3: same, <laughs> same place. Yeah, I think
2: possibly, you know, just a different way, you know. When you went there, same. you called
3: it Prescott? I don't that know. That sounds yeah, yeah. funny. Prescott. You, you Who say wants to bologna, go to Prescott? You say
2: bologna, I say bologna, You say bologna, I say baloney. It's kind of the same thing, you know.
4: Very
3: similar. Yeah. And generally, I play the role of the antagonist on the show, but I brought one today. I brought, <laughs> <There it is. laughs> I brought Will Barnaby to fill in for Dan. <laughs> um i did want to share with you so what dan did they flew to las vegas and then rented a car and go do their thing right knock some of the boring part of the drive off yeah um but i saw a picture on instagram his wife posted a a photo of Uh him reading a book on the plane about the federal reserve oh dan
2: let it go for a day so that's my
3: (laughs) that's my boy yeah 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 Okay. That's how he lets his hair down. Yeah, I know. A little light reading on the Federal Reserve. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh anyway, yeah, we got Will sitting in today. We got a couple of hours as usual with you guys. We got some insurance to talk. Oh, in a little bit here. Um before we jump into that, I want to spend a few minutes here. Um the big news this week was the Fed Reserve meeting. Our open market committee got together and, and talked shop and we got a couple of announcements. Um first of all, if you didn't already see it in the headlines, which it didn't garner a lot of headlines. Really? Um, didn't. We got a quarter point rate hike. Um a lot of folks thought it was coming and there it was. Yeah. I saw for, you know, a couple months leading into the meeting a ninety plus percent chance of a rate hike in the June meeting and There was certainly some uh, little bit of sentiment growing that there was enough other news in the market that might make it hard for the feds to um, keep the pace and make that rate hike. And, um, man, they ran right through any stop signs that were there, huh?
4: Yeah, they kind of did. There was a a lot more news, particularly on the financial channels, that, there were some contrary information coming out like the bond yields continued to drop even though the stock market continued to do well so yeah there's a lot a lot of uh, a lot of voices out there even ones that were previously for them raising the rate to uh to hold tight a little bit
3: i cast my vote in the raise the rate column which is strange for me cuz usually i'm just all about lower rates but um, last several rate heights we've we've experienced have actually lowered mortgage interest rates, so I'm like, woohoo, let's do that again.
4: Well, it it kind of changed my position a little bit as well.
3: And, and you know, my sentiment has um, for the last oh six months now. I really think, I really think since election night, I I've started to think about this a little bit differently. Um, I'm all for the Fed raising rates, normalizing interest rates mm-hmm. to be ready for the next recession. <laughs> I know that's not, a, um, that's not exactly the best glass half full way to look at the thing. But look, when you hit these tough times like we went through from the last great recession we went through for you know what felt like a decade, uh-huh. what tools do the feds have to, to help right the ship a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, some stimulus, okay, some low rates, yeah, things like (laughs) (laughs) but things like this that they could sort of try to get money in motion, and usually you're going to spur on a little growth in a slow time by cutting interest rates, and if the interest rate is uncuttable, uncuttable, now now you've only a couple choices, Uh, one of which is negative interest rates, we've seen how that works with other places around the world, to my knowledge, I don't think the U.S. has ever had to do negative interest rates. But I worried that with what we looked at going through um, this election cycle here, um, the markets clearly didn't plan for a Trump win. And so we saw things kind of go haywire. And then at the same time, you kind of look at, well, regardless of how you score this economy right now, you got to worry that there's a recession somewhere on the horizon. Where is that? two years, five years, whatever, whenever it is. yeah. And you need that tool in the bag of an ability to cut interest rates. So cruising on this, you know, what was a, a zero to quarter and then a quarter to three quarters um, discount rate, just kind of looking at this thing going, if we don't have an ability to cut, we might find ourselves in recession and some real trouble. And so I'm happy to see the, the Fed just kind of taking this, putting this tool back in the bag. Throw that no, little I quarter mean, point in there.
4: There's definitely an argument for that, undoubtedly. And you know, there's more and more conflicting information. We've got an the data is just starting to change in ways that it hasn't before. There's certain things that usually don't go together that are going together at this point. So, yeah,
3: having it there would not hurt, right? And then the other big news about this um, this week's Fed meeting is we got a little bit more clarity on. Um, The idea of what the Fed's going to do with this huge balance sheet um, of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities that they're sitting on. Um, And just to bring you guys all up to speed, I can't do the dates now because it's been too long. But as part of stimulus, we had quantitative easing, right? Then we had QE2. Um, and then we had Operation Twist that was sort of a the morphosis of QE2 into the final round of um, stimulus that we received in our economy here, which probably benefited the global economy. But here's the gist. The Fed's bought about $80 billion a month worth of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. Um, again, money in motion to try to get things moving, get get things on track, and They socked away that mortgage backed security they bought. They just kept adding and growing and building. And right now, the Fed's sitting on about $4.5 trillion worth of mortgage backed security. That's a pretty big hold. Yes. And so all eyes are on this idea of, and by the way, this happened under prior administration. So, um, two prior administrations. Yeah. Exactly, but it grew mostly under the last administration, so now what you have is um, we're sitting on a huge stockpile of mortgage-backed securities, um, and if the current administration says, we don't like that, and we're going to dish it all, we just want to unwind it and sell it all, uh, what could that do, that competition in the market, right? It's like trying to sell, um, it's not a good comparison, I was going to use used cars to new cars, but... It's kind of not because the uh, they're both new cars. Yeah. So if the Fed starts trying to sell these securities at the same time, our market's experiencing, um, you know, interest rates that are based on the environment of supply and demand, based on the mortgage-backed securities that are out there. That could really shock interest rates on the mortgage side, which could basically put the whole housing market on its head, maybe crash the total economy again. Yeah, you And know. did you worry a little bit that you might find something extreme with that? I mean, it, it feels to me like the current administration just going through and looking at whatever we can um, potentially unroll or undo or fix, or you know, it's all under the guise of fixing something. Um, you know, I'm less worried about that.
4: Yeah, there's no yield. There's no yield in the, the massive amount of mortgage-backed securities that are currently held. Oh, but held. they're
3: good loans, though. Let me remind you this. Many of those yeah, securities there's no,
4: are... There's no there's no income to be generated. Well, there is some income, but it's... Yeah, they're, uh, by wh- and large,
3: they're like fanny three and a quarters, which puts the interest rates between three and a quarter and three and three quarters for the 30-year fix, okay? But, but have
4: you seen the stock market lately?
3: Sure. But let me remind you this about the securities, though. These yeah. are three, four, five years old. Did you buy a house three, four, five years ago? Know anybody that did? I know of you. They've experienced twenty to twenty five percent growth and equity in their home. Yes. Which then not only are these good low securities with a small attrition rate because mm-hmm. you have the lower that interest rate's lower than today's market rate. So somebody a homeowner in that security is happy to have that loan as long as they can. Yep. Kind of unless life forces their hand, probably. Um there's a lot of equity built in there, so the performance on these is going to be quite high. Um, and yes, the yields are low, but let's talk a little bit about the credit quality of the securities. Those are some of the best Those are credit quality securities we've seen in a good long while with changes in licensing, changes in uh, the way that appraisals are ordered, collateral um, disclosures, not to mention this this brand of securities is all... um after a market that was arms, option arms, interest-only loans, weird things like that. These are all fixed-rate conventional loans. Um, Anyways, I present to the jury that this set of mortgage-backed securities is basically rock solid. So though the yield is only at 3% or whatever after the servicer gets their take, uh, it's still better than being in the 10-year bond market, um, which, by the way, the yield today on that is a little bit less than 2.2. 2. So those are attractive.
4: 2. Yeah, I don't really know that they are, though. I mean, it's you're tying up a lot of money long-term that's really not getting any yield. I don't think that those things are going to go anywhere that fast, particularly since the credit quality is still good and the current rates are a bit higher.
3: So they're turning over at a rate of a couple billion dollars a month, um, and the feds have been reinvesting that money. What have they been
4: reinvesting into?
3: Back into mortgage-backed securities. So you're benefiting a little bit from that with these nice lower rates. Yes. So again, remember the premise. It was a long time ago because I tend to meander the winding road to get to the point. Uh Um, These mortgage-backed securities that are going on today are competing if those come to market. If those end up needing to be sold, we're going to compete directly with those in the market. Yes. Yeah. So So are you you buying new or are you buying the ones that the feds have had for five years? Well, when those pay off today, a home sells Uh or a borrower refinances or whatever, it's paid off because they windfall profits on their new business. Yeah. Yeah. That thing sells. It pays off. Now the Feds are in receipt of that money. What they've been doing is putting that money back into reinvesting in mortgage-backed securities, basically holding the balance sheet right where it is. Okay. So even though they haven't been buying in the $80 billion a month level that they were buying at the peak of Operation Twist, they've still been a heavy influence in the market. Oh,
4: yeah, absolutely.
3: So now that we have some concern about whether the Fed needs to wind down that balance sheet altogether, say, you know what, it's time to get rid of that stuff. We don't want it anymore. We need to figure out a plan to start selling it. At the same time, the next lane over is this thought of, well, what's going on with the current rate of of reinvestment? So at first, you might just stop reinvesting to say, you know what, we're not going to be buying it anymore as they pay off. We're just going to let it kind of die over time. That's not as direct a competition in the marketplace as taking them to sell. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. So anyway, point being, there's some uncertainty about that. How will this be unwound? What will we see going forward? And if you're not careful enough with it, do something something totally rash. Could we find ourselves in a spot where that raises what we find the average cons- the consumer's interest rate today, the loans that you're doing every week for your borrowers, will you be competing with that in the market? Could that undermine the strength of the housing economy?
4: I I think it could. I mean, put it into a situation like this. Remember when the banks, uh, the foreclosure crisis was happening, the financial crisis was going on, and they had huge amounts of inventory, right? Yep. The one thing I would say that they did very well in this area was they didn't put all of those houses on the market at one time. I mean, there's, you, you heard all the stories. There were people that had houses that hadn't made payments in years. Um, the banks were fairly careful at not, you know, putting a huge amount of supply of homes on the market. In areas where they didn't do that, the, the value of those houses dropped. Now, if you flip it around and you say, okay, I've got all of these securities with a really low yield that we're going to put out on the market— and we're still producing at a relatively high level of creating new securities. Is there going to be a, a glutton in the market that drives down the value of those securities? And I don't know the answer because I've never lived through a situation similar to that. I've read yeah. of one
3: or two. Um, well, a this long is a little ago. bit uncharted territory. The Fed's never owned $4.5 trillion worth of mortgage backed securities before, no. nor have one administration to the next had to hand the baton off of how you unwind policy from previous administration with such a large balance sheet.
4: Well, so what previously they are buying treasuries predominantly. Sure. The
3: mortgage-backed security thing is,
4: yeah, it's relatively.
3: So um, what we found out from the Fed meeting this week is that um, unexpectedly the Open Market Committee members agreed to a plan for a balance sheet reduction. And it's still a little bit vague because they said sometime later this year. I mean, this year is halfway over now, eh? Yeah, six, there's not there's not a lot of later s- left. It's six seventeen today. We got we halfway through this year, um, but the Fed's going to begin allowing a reduction of a maximum of ten billion dollars in securities, which equates to six billion of Treasury, four billion in mortgage-backed security. Um, every month so they have a plan now at some point this year they're going to start letting 10 billion dollars a month worth of that kind of shrivel up and die and so the interesting thing about it is obviously we're going to have to see how it is how it's working the goal is to have the the um, balance sheet for these holdings shrink by about 50 billion dollars a month and see what they can do in terms of of sort of getting that stuff off the books and it'll be interesting um what happens once the committee starts to implement this balance sheet normalization um, to see what also was happening in the broader economy, and they did leave a little bit of room to say that if it's if it's having an impact or a negative impact, that they're not they're not married to the idea they could they could slow it down or stop mm-hmm. it. I kind of th- I always hoped that really the best thing to do would be to just leave the securities be. Mm-hmm. I understand the need to get out of the treasuries a little bit more urgently. Uh, But leave the securities be and just let them atrophy over time. Those loans will pay off by way of those homes trading hands and selling, those homes being refinanced, those homes being paid off from standard amortization. Again, I'm going to argue that that's a really high-quality asset. Um, Why not, you know? I, I don't know why not. I, I would say that When you that take that them the market to market to sell them, though, you create that direct competition with the current mortgage-backed securities. And again, yeah, I realize it's at a higher yield, but you nonetheless, you're creating a competition. No, there's undoubtedly a competition,
4: but you're taking a product to market that was sold to the buyer of last resort. The reason they own it is because <laughs> there was nobody else that wanted to buy it in the first place. Now you have ones that are producing a higher rate of return. Um, And are they written to a lesser quality? Maybe slightly, but I wouldn't say substantially. But don't
3: forget, though, the Fed is still buying those.
4: I understand that they're replacing it, which is... That part's a little odd, actually. I'm not sure what <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what the objective is in selling off, you know, those other securities and replacing them with newer securities. Other than, like I said before, the yield. Perhaps higher.
3: it's just because the default rate is so low and manageable that keeping that together amongst you know this economy that's still trying to get its legs completely back under it has actually been a, a pretty good boost to the treasury. I don't know. Just guessing.
4: I don't know. And you got to think that there there used to be a lot of banks that held a lot of that paper that were getting that yield that aren't anymore. So we'll see. But uh, it'll be an
3: interesting time. Indeed, it will. It will be an interesting time. And again, um, we'll get off this Fed rate topic here Um, momentarily. I think we're about ready for a break anyway. But I just wanted to say... The, the new thing that's been going on. Typically, you see the Fed make a quarter point adjustment upwards in the interest rate market. Usually, you're going to see most indices go right with it. You're going to see bond yields go right with it, pretty close to it. Um, man, we're the beneficiary again of opposites day. um uh, That's what I was saying. There's so much contradicting yeah, information and at so this point. It didn't actually even have the negative impact that... It probably should have had. So we closed out the week. um,
4: 2.17
3: on the 10 year. Yeah, which is fantastic. 2.16. Leaving interest rates in a really nice, good range. um, I believe still with some downward pressure. Um, Reading an awful lot about. Chances of that 10-year getting below two by the end of the summer. Yeah, um, so go. all eyes peeled. Uh, we'll be grateful for the low interest rates. Um, and as just a d- obligatory cattle call, um, if you have an interest rate over four and a quarter on your 30-year fixed or over three and a quarter on your 15-year fixed or you have mortgage insurance... Make haste and give us a call. Um, there there might be a mini window here for a little refi boom that uh, we're happy to facilitate. You can call us at the office. One number rings them all. It's 543-LOAN. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters.
0: By calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832.
3: Hi this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. Too often potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
5: Just call 543
3: Loan. Central Coast Lending is
6: an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number six zero five four seven eight three. MLS number 328-358. We're
1: the
5: mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
1: For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com.
7: You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which
0: airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now,
8: back to the show. Was painted red. The stripe was white. It was 18 feet and about the stern line. Second hand from a dealer in Atlanta. I rode up with Daddy when he went there to get her. Put on a shine, put on a motor, built out of love, made for the water. Ran her for years till a transom got rotten. A piece of my childhood will never be forgotten. It was just an old plywood boat, the 75 Johnson with electric choke. A young boy two hands on the wheel I can't replace
3: all away. right everybody
2: that's pretty cool yeah I like that picture of you and your kids with the boat there
3: we're, I just was singing to this song last night we were yeah. driving across the lake in the nice warm air.
8: You guys like that song? Yeah, I like I like that
3: song. That yeah. that's a great song. Yeah. I Happy Father's Day, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. I remember the first time that my dad let you drive. Really let me drive. We were out a fire road out um, in Big Bear. I think I was about eleven years old, and we had he had a truck with a manual on a dirt road.
4: Oh yeah, I thought you were going with the boat.
3: No, no. I remember the first time I drove a boat. Hobie Cat.
4: That's what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. was in the uh, canals by uh, in Hampton, Virginia, off the Chesapeake Bay. Man, that was some gross water. <laughs> gross water. I was with you Narrow, for like a fond <laughs> memory right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: All he remembers is how gross the water gross was. Gross water. <laughs> Narrow waterways. <laughs>
4: and we'd get behind with surfboards, you know, and tow behind the boat. And if you went down in that water, there were so many uh, jellyfish. Oh, oh they wrap you Not know. only gross, but dangerous. Oh, it hurt. <laughs> hurt. Wow. Going down wow. in that water and get them wrapped thank around thank you. you. Yeah. It's
3: all these little things about Will I need to be <laughs> able to like, score. Because yeah. when you try to figure out what happened to a uh, fella, you need, you, need the, you need the different crayons to draw the picture. Hey, so thank you for that, sir. It, it was enough fun to keep doing it. Let's
4: just put it that way. Good. Yeah. 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 Hey, so you know what I found somewhat interesting after the Fed uh, minutes came out and they announced the raise was that uh, the financial channels quickly quickly moved off of that and onto Amazon buying uh, Whole Foods. Yeah, and that seemed to dominate the airwaves for the remainder of the day. It's almost as if everybody <laughs> the Fed raises rates, Uh oh, no big deal. Let's talk about Amazon, Amazon buy Whole Foods. <laughs> it's huge Did, for the remainder of the day. That was the
3: conversation. It, I'm pulling up the Google machine. Amazon bought Whole Foods $13.7 Nice to see somebody else overspending at Whole Foods. No, oh, there you go. $13.7 <laughs> That was only two carts. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, when they, <laughs> imagine when they get done buying the rest of the store. Oh, there you
4: go. There you
3: go. But yeah, no no, they're they're
4: moving into every industry, apparently,
3: yeah, boy, yeah.
4: Amazon big, yeah, as we're sitting here in a studio with Amazon boxes stuffed in the corner.
3: I think Amazon boxes are about every uh built room here in the u s now, pretty much, they're, they're everywhere, pretty much, yeah, they're everywhere. It's amazing too. You can buy something on Amazon, and sometimes it shows up the next day. It's almost like they're they're getting telepathic or something.
4: Oh, they are. They are. Have you ever? Every time you log in, it's stuff that you may want on the side right, of your
3: computer right here. screen <laughs> yeah.
2: from Amazon. The only problem I have with it is, like you know, especially Whole Foods. I want to go in there and like pick out what I want to eat. Yeah. At the store. sure. I don't want to have a. I don't want my artichoke and my lettuce delivered to me. I want to be able to go see it, smell it, say, "Hey, you no, know, this is the one I want." Yeah, I that's think that's
4: because problem. we're old. But yes, I'm with you. Yeah, really, I want to see the food. Right, exactly. Yeah, food.
3: today you really don't want to have to look up from your tablet or your um, yeah. extremely large screen cell phone yeah. and interact with people. Yeah, of
2: course not. Gross. Why would you want
3: to do something like that? You can like just that? one-click yeah. order and have it show up at your house the next day. In yeah. fact, you don't even have to answer the door anymore. They'll just ring the doorbell, leave mm-hmm. it on the porch, and leave yeah. so you can just exactly. grab it and go inside yeah. without having to interact with anyone. Exactly. Cool. Well, yeah, you remember when the
4: self-check outlines came? And, Harvey, and went. And, yeah, and oh, not at art Not in Paso. They grocery store there. Yeah, it, it used to be nobody would use it. Now there's a longer line at the self checkout than there is at the checkout.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I got really good at it, actually. Except for you can't no buy. No barcode. There's the lettuce. <laughs> I have one of them. There you are. But uh, there's, yeah. the lettuce. there's the lettuce. <laughs> But you know, but. Yeah, I get it. I
3: never get to use it because I always buy beer. That's what I was going to say. You can't get any (laughs) beer at (laughs) self-check.
4: No no beer or wine,
8: no hard stuff.
4: Yeah, that that limits me. Mm -hmm.
3: I always always get hung up on those self-checkout things, too, because now all of a sudden I feel like I'm putting in codes and weighing things. I'm... I should get a, some kind of discount, like an employee exactly, discount. Exactly. I'm bagging this stuff I'm bagging now, bagging my own food. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Yeah. Walking yeah, it out to the yeah. car in the car. I don't, there it is. Whenever those self checkout <laughs> things are available to me, I don't use them at all because I just I don't support uh-huh. the uh-huh. the job given to the machine. Yeah, I want to see the job be given to the you know. Remember the butcher?
2: Oh yeah, the butcher. Even the bag the boy. The bag boy. They'd have like those special cards. You put four or six bags on it, and they could pull it back like a dolly kind of thing and wheel it out to your car and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would actually run up. Can I help you with that? Can I help you yeah. with that? You know,
3: not anymore.
4: Yeah. I don't remember the last time I've been asked if they – if I needed help to my car with my bags, yeah.
3: Well, yeah. I think you might fit the profile of, mm-hmm. like, stranger danger. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: was like, really? Uh, there's Wes, <laughs> there, there's I don't Will's know. picture there. Do really a, think I yeah. look more
4: intimidating than Jason? Yeah, I don't know yeah, why I don't I don't know. I'm
3: in such a punchy mood. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. no, My
2: apologies, I well, know. He's got the ball cap and the sunglasses. You don't have that well.
3: I know. So there know. it is. And the yeah. goatee. Yeah. He, he looks shadier than I. Uh-huh. All right. Well, long enough here, we've had Brian Lopez in the studio um, just waiting. Man, kind of sound like a pop star when I said that out loud. Brian Lopez. Brian Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> Expect him to walk in with a
4: guitar ready to sing. Yeah. Uh, Are you a go.
3: singer? You look like a singer. Oh, no. I'm not a singer.
4: No?
6: No. Not even a little bit? Not even a little bit. Huh? <laughs> I wish.
3: All right. Um, All right. Well, Brian works for State Farm Insurance, right? What we say? Ted Ham. Ted Ham. Ted Ham Insurance. It's not State Farm? No. Why no. Why did I think it was State Farm? You
6: probably saw a commercial like 38 seconds ago that said, hey, call us today and get your quote from State Farm. Okay.
3: So you were good. Ted Ham. I thought it was Ted Ham State Farm. Strike that from the record, everybody. It's just Ted Ham. Yep, yep. My bad. Now Ted th-
4: Ham Insurance.
3: That's why I told you to introduce him, but you never did. So Well,
4: I I was going <laughs> to, but you just jumped right in there and did it.
3: Tell me a little bit about the agency, Brian.
4: Uh,
6: Ted Ham Insurance, we've uh, been doing insurance in the Pasco Falls area, a uh, North San Luis Obispo County for 38 years. Uh, Ted Ham is still very much a uh, part of the the agency. But there's uh, there's nine agents there. We're in downtown Paso Robles, and we handle all types of uh, of insurance. If you're looking for insurance for your farm, for your winery, if you've got a commercial uh, need, so if you have a you're an attorney or if you're an accountant and you need to have your building and your practice insured, but we also do the stuff that uh, those folks there at State Farm do. We could do your your home, your boat, your RV. So we're a full service agency. And uh, that's I think you, we've got the we know your name. We like to see you come into the agency and say hello. And we've got we've got the entire package for you
4: in one one roof. Cool. Yeah, you know, in, more and more up in North County, I find places that you know ha- we have some difficulty getting insurance on some of these more rural sure. places and things. And uh, Brian has the ability to go to, to multiple companies and has and helped me out on properties in the past where. You know, I just the people that were purchasing the house had some difficulties in finding a policy um, through their own agents, and, and they've been able to place place a few of those
3: for us. Even at the lake up at Nacimiento, can you do insurance up there? Absolutely.
6: That actually, I mean, went with the last time you and I did something together, Will. Uh, it was one of the the properties up there in Heritage Ranch.
4: Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just no, did a few of those out there because
6: agriculture is kind of uh, you know we do agriculture, and that's not what everyone does. Um, we've got access to markets that not everyone has access to, and that's really what you're looking for. when When you're when you're away from town and you've got brush risk and you've got uh, maybe you're a little too far away from the fire station, you start to become uh, a little bit m- more difficult to insure. But because we've got the experience on the agriculture side, we've got markets that just your average you know your average downtown agency has access doesn't they don't have access to that
3: oh. Huh. No, it makes sense. We had a heck of a time finding insurance. We had a client, um, oh, I don't know, a year or so ago, that bought a house up in um, um up at Oak Shore area, and couldn't get insurance. So his the company that did all of his business for like twenty five years refused to insure him, and so then we started the. And I wish I knew you, but we started this like you know blind dial thing, trying to find somebody. We found an insurance company that was willing to provide an insurance policy for this guy, very standard home on a 6,000-square-foot lot, surrounded by homes and a couple hundred yards from a fire hydrant. Um, they wanted like $2,800 a year to insure this home, and then... Um, Somewhere in the middle of that transaction, it dawned on me that I had done a refi for a friend that had a place in there. So we pulled his file, found his insurance, called his agent, and we were able to get it together. But um, it was still pretty expensive. Um, seems like that the higher risk stuff. And then, and this was, of course, shortly before that fire. Um, and as I was talking to those guys, I remember a lot of them saying, uh, or they said that a lot of homeowners up there would even elect to go uninsured, which just, how devastating is that? We were in a bay at the lake last night. We were looking up at a spot where just in this one little view shed, without even turning your head, you could count 19 building pads. So heartbreaking to think that those people didn't have those homes insured and they burned to the ground.
6: And let's be honest, there was a, a very a very substantial number of the folks that were affected by that Sobrantis fire last year it's a it's a real number of people who did not have insurance on their property and their homes and and what happens then everything you've been putting you've been chipping away at that mortgage for how many years four it was 10 inherited
3: years? right your dad's hard work right there you know for your family to enjoy and now it's ashes Gr- down to the ground and now you're
6: looking at the 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 barrel end of a of a 30 year mortgage to rebuild this and start all over from new and right. then yeah try and get a mortgage without insurance right doesn't
3: work. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. No.
6: So now, how are you gonna do it? Are you gonna build it up one wall at a time on your weekends? Because basically, it's a it's a piece by piece cash pay situation. And that's the worst thing as an agent that I run into is people who say, "I thought I was covered." Right. I that is. I that's my blood runs cold and it keeps me up at night because it really is that situation where did you have the conversation at any point before this risk arose? Well, let's be honest.
3: Okay. What? Insurance is really boring to talk about? I hate insurance. (laughs) It's awful. Until you need it. And then right when you need it, boy. It's beautiful. Oh, man. What a thing of joy. It is. Whatever it is that's happened or something broke, something burned, someone's trying to sue you. Oh, man. I got that million dollar umbrella and I am not staying up tonight. I, I think it's one of those things where when you're just going along and you're paying it and you're paying it and you're paying it, nobody likes it. Not only is it boring, it's obnoxious. However, when you need it, best friend. Absolutely. And that's, that's the reality. When
6: I when I try and approach a new client, I'm like, hey, I really like to take a look at your insurance package. I just want to make sure there's no holes and I want to make sure that you are covered. Right. And they, the glaze immediately over their face. The last thing I want to do, Brian, you're a nice enough guy, but the last thing I want to do is spend three
3: hours talking about insurance. Well, this is one of the interesting things. I think the insurance company does this on. I'm in a position right now where I'm considering, you know, getting new insurance. Um, Which, for a variety of reasons, I'm not going to talk about on the air. You should come into the agency. They send me. One or two things a day, it seems, my insurance company. So it's awfully confusing. I don't know what I have when it renews. I mean, I have some idea of what I have, right? Um, I mean, I know I'm well insured and I believe I have kind of a fair deal. But um, anyway, it's not so simple just to get a quote anymore. You know, when I was 16 with my Volkswagen Beetle, they said, well, you know, what kind of insurance do you need? I'm like, Whatever the law requires, this rolling beer can ain't going to hurt anything. State minimum, and when it's crushed, <laughs> I'm going to go get another five hundred dollar car. Liability only state yeah, minimum, please. Right? <laughs> do you want uninsured motorists? Oh heck, no. no. <laughs> How about additional medical? Uh, if I survive, I'm going to guess it's because it was the other half of the car or something. So I'm good on that too. Uh, but today it's like, well, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you roadside assistance? And do you want this add-on and you know all these special things and then the umbrella it's really difficult I think for a consumer to be able to really easily compare apples to apples feels like a big endeavor um, but anyways I like I said'm I'm, I'm getting near that point myself and um, one thing I'll tell you though I mean just f- for your benefit for all the listeners is um, and will can attest to this too we're looking at people's financial guts daily it's what we do. And I can't tell you how many times I crack open, you know, I'm going through somebody's file and I crack open the insurance and it's like, whoa, your homeowner's insurance is $1,600 a year. And then they go, and, you know, it's not because you've got furs and guns and diamonds. It's This is like standard stuff on a $500,000 house, you know, what's the deal? And the point I'm getting at is oftentimes people have these insurance policies in place forever and they don't shop them so they don't know if they have a good deal or a bad deal they just hope their premiums don't go up too much and they just pay away um i think it's a good practice to revisit your insurance every couple years and make sure that what you have not only is a good deal but also that you're still adequately insured uh, absolutely that's
4: something i see frequently
3: somebody yeah.
4: you know haven't they haven't touched their loan in 10 years
3: right home yeah. is worth 300 grand more
4: The home is worth 300 grand more and they're still insured for, you know, what it was worth 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and uh, when I the last house that I sold, I believe that I actually came to that realization myself that that you were
3: underinsured
4: yeah that I may have been underinsured at that point just because the cost to rebuild had rose I knew what it cost to you know build per square foot and plus I had done a lot of work to that house and that was the the main reason is that I had altered the you know the property substantially and it would have cost more than that per square foot to rebuild it in the way that it was not in the way that it was initially necessarily so I think it's something that they definitely need to revisit far more frequently because I mean it's almost across the board that you find people, they don't look at their insurance. The last time they looked at their insurance was uh, when they established it. Right. And it just continues to renew year after year. And I don't know if their agents are not talking to them or nobody's looking through it, but. Uh, you guys are really, you're
6: doing my job for me this morning, and I really do appreciate it because this is exactly, when I talked to somebody new about a, uh, a policy. Hey, let, let me look at your insurance. I, I want to talk to you about your insurance. The the glaze comes over, and then they they go. Gosh, Brian, what are you going to do for me that my State Farm, my Farmers, my All State agent won't do for me? Well, number one, I'm an independent agent, so I'm going to shop a market. Okay, I'm not I'm not forced to sell you the one thing. I'm going to go find you the best coverage for the best price. Number one. So I'm going to do that work. Number, you, Jason, you even said, how do you know if you have enough insurance? How much is enough? How much is too much? How do you know you're paying enough or too much? I do because that's what I do all day long. It's like you guys talking about bond yields. Uh, I have no idea before I walked in this morning what the bond yield was. You guys know what it's been tracking the last two weeks. It's it's because it's you do it every day. But more than that, I reach out. Our Probably agency. five years, but go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but our, our agency, we reach out to our clients every year to exactly have this conversation. Did you sell a car? Did you buy a car? Did you add an RV? Did you add a boat? What has changed in your life in the last 365 days? That we I have doing nine pit bulls. Uh, Just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a million of those things. Uh,
3: on that topic, interestingly enough, my um, my wife was involved in a car accident recently where she was rear-ended. Stopped at a stoplight, um, a car hit her. She only felt one impact, but in a three-car crash, right? So I think what happened is a car hit the car behind her well enough that the two of them hit her car, and so um, you know she called me up and i was only a couple blocks away so i just went over you know kids are in the car and stuff they're everyone's upset so i go over there and um everybody's things were already kind of out on the hood so snap some quick pictures of driver's license insurance card a couple quick pictures of the cars um the guy in the way back that caused the accident he said i'm so sorry you know i was He had a young kid in the back, and he was trying to reach back and get him his, like, sippy cup or something and didn't see the red light. And so we didn't think too much of it. You know, we got all the information everything. It turns out, and he was in a brand-new Honda Accord, like, dealer-financed Honda Accord with insurance adequate to have this car. And it turns out, now we know, because this accident was in February, that his insurance was enough— only to cover the first car he hit. So there is no coverage. They were out of money to cover our car. And thankfully, there was no medical cost at all in our car. Um, But their insurance company, um, so anyways, it's a big company. I don't know if I should say the name or not. Huge national company. And they basically, they're on the phone with our agent saying, you know, sorry, you can go to subrogation or something like this where they're going to attempt to get the deductible back for the repairs that we ultimately had to pay for with our own insurance. But um, I was kind of baffled by that. Uh, By the way, Wifer's car is a 2004 Toyota Sequoia. This is not like some super expensive car. Um, The car that was hit was like a 2000, maybe a 98 honda accord hit by a 2017 accord okay so right. they had a pretty good matchup of bumpers that car actually did better on the back than it did on the front where it kind of went under the sequoia right um but anyways those two cars are not very valuable so this guy didn't have enough insurance on a brand new car to cover that and all i'm thinking is thank god you didn't hit one of those teslas that's out there you get hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars you can't drive to slow now without seeing one so are absolutely. you adequately insured now to hit a Tesla? Am I adequately insured now to hit a Tesla?
6: I, I, to be entirely honest, I don't know how many people are. And this is the, I have this conversation really day in and day out with people who are coming in. They're looking at the premium. They're looking at the price. How much is this going to cost me per month? I have a car payment. I have a house payment. How much is this going to cost me every month? And I, I have to say, okay, what are we doing here? We're protecting you from, God forbid, an accident. And how many cars do you have to hit before you blow through your whatever, whatever? So, it, I it happens to me all the time where people come in with a 25000 dollars
2: policy. I right, have kind and of the, a, a, a story that could go into that because I've been in a few car accidents myself. None of them my fault. Naturally, no. But yeah. well, they weren't. But you look one, like a guy that might cause a car. Yeah, accident. there it is. Yeah, <laughs> but. One of them involved a brand-new Freightliner Semi truck or trailer rig, oh. and um luckily, I'd love to tell them about that. Yeah. But I can imagine... Was your head of, shaped
3: like that before you got hit like yeah, a semi? Yeah. Oh, the, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, a little bit
2: more. Maybe a little bit more hair, but anyway. but uh I'm pretty sure that's yeah. not the car accident. Yeah. No. But... Um, I can imagine had that been my fault if oh I had had to pony up to pay for that, that tractor trailer rig.
3: That could be a million dollar truck.
6: Very much so. It, yeah. It, it, at least at least a quarter of a million dollars. At least you're talking at 250 uh-huh. to start. Uh-huh. And that's really what we're talking about. It, it's it's actually probably the easiest thing to talk about. I say, when was the last time you saw a $100,000 Mercedes and everyone goes, yeah. "I don't know, lunch." Okay, then if you don't have at least that much on your policy, yeah. you're playing Russian roulette with your future finances because you can get
2: sued if you don't have enough insurance now the other the vehicle that actually caused the accident was um, a plumbing truck and then of course this tractor trailer rig and can the insurance companies come after you for loss of of trucks of, uh, oh, so like that of you. where you know they have to pull that semi off the road for a while to repair it they can't use it for whatever the, they're using the it for also the plumber route, yeah. can't use it too loss of use absolutely that can go against so. you that's
6: part of your liability mm-hmm. you know it's it's like if i if i tie one of your hands behind your back how good of a mason are you going to be mm-hmm. well i can only lift one brick at a time if i only mm-hmm. and it's the same thing if if you've taken their livelihood off the road they have recourse against you you have you have damaged uh-huh. them and they're going to seek that in liability and yeah. i, I th- the funny thing that i find is that the difference between a uh, 25 dollars which is really not enough, In a 100 300 mm. typically, 25 bucks policy. Mm. For the year? Six months, right? Yeah. For an yeah, auto it's policy, nothing. it's six months. It's not. It, it, yeah. And if you ever want an umbrella, you know they're going to make you go maximum because that really is, as a person, us walking around – we live in neighborhoods with lawns and fire departments and, and fire hydrants that work. Your home's not going to burn down. That's not where your liability is. Your liability yeah. is that you're driving a 6,000-pound missile. Yeah. While texting. Capable, and this, Capable of going 120 miles an hour. Well, yeah. The distracted. driver told me
2: that this semi was a brand-new, brand-new semi. Ooh. So is it was brand like one of the first times it had been used. Jeez. So... Sound like good, you are I, I didn't I didn't have to I was lucky. I was lucky. lucky. Luckily it's not my fault. So I had nothing, you know, but uh, coming out of my pocket. But um, but yeah, it was I was just kind of wondering loss of use and expensive vehicles like that that are involved.
4: And what were you
2: driving? I was driving a Ford Thunderbird.
4: You were in a, Ford, Ford, this is a rock and roll but, and guy, man. Not in 2000. Well,
2: not the one of not one of the current you know, well, I guess they're not current anymore, but not one of the convertible things. One of the ones where it was a, it was a sedan.
8: Got But,
2: it. but, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. So yeah. a plumbing truck.
2: A plant, like about a one ton yeah, or one, more. Yeah. A
4: one ton plumbing truck, probably with a, you know, the, uh-huh. the utility bed uh-huh. on the back, a Freightliner, and yeah. you're in a Thunderbird.
2: Stop to make a left hand turn to get onto the freeway. Yeah. South Higuera there in San Luis, where there's no. No turn lane. Right. So you have to block the lane of traffic, and the plumbing truck came up behind me, did not stop. I'm not going to say the name of the plumbing company because it's well-known around here. Yeah. Uh, But um, did not stop and went right over the rear end of my car, put the trunk in the back seat, and pushed me in front of the semi.
4: Oh, you got lucky. I got real lucky. You got lucky.
2: Man. I am a big believer – and insurance, and well, not necessarily in this order, but airbags, big time, because if I had not had the airbags, I would...
4: You'd be done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
6: yeah and lately, uh, you, we, we've been getting a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of our
2: auto rates have been going yeah. up, and and people
6: call me, right, because they, they love having the coverage and having somebody figure out that they're getting the best deal based on all the markets that are out there, but then they go, hey, man, it, it seems like the last three years, every year, I'm paying more for my auto insurance. And um, actually, one of
3: the the companies that we deal with, they... Real quick, I'm paying more for... All of my insurance, but go ahead.
6: Okay, uh, but the auto has been going up most steeply, I guess. It, the, the, uh,
3: it, health insurance it, is going up pretty quick, boss. Fair. But go ahead, fair. go ahead. That's that's very because very it tripled. My auto insurance hasn't tripled since I was sixteen. My health insurance tripled in the last two years. But go ahead, and I, they I, still don't cover anything. <laughs> <laughs>
6: still have to write a check.
3: It's I'm just, not bitter. I'm not bitter. Yeah, it,
6: it, it's interesting. So we went one of our um, one of our insurance carriers had us together and they talked about why everyone's rates are going up every year because every year they're getting the cars are getting better like you're saying a minor rear end boom eight airbags go off they have to replace each airbag at 350 per or you've now got all of these sensors like uh, on your bumpers. So yeah. a, a minor collision was yeah. just a piece of plastic in a paint job.
2: Yeah.
6: Now the bumper used to be $300. Yeah. It's now 13 or $1,800 to replace a bumper. Mm-hmm. So even these very minor little mm-hmm. nicks are throwing these huge bills down. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's something that as we change as a society, we go, wow, we liked our bumpers before and these these parking assist features are really clever and nice. But uh, in the end, it's making all of us bear that with higher insurance rates, and that's very unfortunate. But yeah. that's there's a reason behind it. They're not just taking, well, taking rents.
2: Yeah. Well, I had another actually <laughs> a couple of accidents, but this is another one that wasn't my fault again. And the car was a Univati, mm. and so the, the 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 front end damage was not what the insurance company said no to fixing. It was the fact that it was a unibody, and they were going to have to pull the back quarter panel off. And there was a little dent in the back quarter panel, but they were going to have to pull that off, reweld a new quarter panel onto the back of the car, repaint the whole car. And that's really what the insurance company said no to. That was the biggest cost, even though it was the most minor damage.
4: So they totaled it?
2: They totaled it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would have wanted them to total it anyway because it like, yeah, I you'd seen – I was like, yeah, I want it totaled. Actually, because I want something different.
3: But yeah. we—it's well, great having an insurance guy here on mm-hmm. the show. By the way, it's mm-hmm. been a long time since we have. Um, I'm afraid
4: to ride with Jim now. I'm not going nowhere. To... Yeah, but just... I live to tell about it, and everybody who's with me lives to
3: tell about it. It's
2: just the situation. Were you situation.
3: parked in the middle of the road on the other wreck too? No, I was driving down.
2: I was driving down a highway, and we got about 30 seconds. I was driving down a highway, and a little old lady pulled out in front of me. It was. And uh, uh, I was like, and I think she had like some sort of like a stroke or something like that. She didn't recognize what was going on. And she got down the road and came back and she goes, I think there's something wrong with my car. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> like, hit my car twice. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and we got to wrap it. And we got 10 seconds. All first. right, We
3: got a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters. Hope you guys will be back. Father's Day, so want to wish Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. This might be the last Father's Day. What's that? This is probably going to be last Father's Day. You think so? Yeah, they're getting rid of all that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's offensive to people that don't have fathers or whatever. Oh, so it's yeah. all because none of us have fathers. Pretty soon, and a bunch we'll, of us don't. We'll have Happy Parent Day. Oh, yeah. that's probably not going to work either. Happy Legal Guardian Day. Mm. Not sure how you exist without a father,
4: but go yeah, on. pretty much. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Somehow, I,
2: I'm pretty somehow. sure that
6: there's something in. Well, you know, I guess you could, but something in the recipe involves a father and a mother. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure. sure. All right, so, back on track. Yes. Yeah. this I is was a, like this.
3: <laughs> we don't need to get into that discussion
2: because somebody might this be listening out there. Real right
3: estate, now. economics, finance show, mortgage insurance. We're not going to attempt to solve the world's problems here today. <laughs> um. Phew, all right. Good times. We've been having a lot of fun. We talked all about the Fed, then we shift right over to insurance.
4: Oh, yeah, that's what we
3: did. And um, it's let nice to have Brian on the show, the insurance pro. It's super nice to be here. I appreciate the invitation, guys. Um, I, I'll let you quote my insurance. I'm not afraid. Can you give me my 500 bucks back that I lost from getting rear-ended by... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually very
6: interesting you brought that up because if um, there is coverage that you can add to your to your policy, and it's really inexpensive, of course there it's is, it's a couple bucks a policy that if uh, property damage happens to you that's not your fault, they waive the deductible. It, it really, and I'm, I'm not kidding, I'm not making this up, and it's as well, an I agency.
3: Didn't, why didn't my insurance agent offer me
6: this? Um, you might have to have that conversation with them. It
3: seems like it's in their best interest. Uh, they the, make an extra two bucks for, off of me. <laughs> it, it, you know, it really does. It, it. If I five hundred dollars deductible, two bucks a year. So if this doesn't – if they don't lose on this bet in 100 years,
6: <laughs> there are so many things like that. And then okay, let's be honest. Not everybody has – goes through school about this, right? You, you You read a book in a room. You take a test. The state says you're licensed. Go sell insurance. If you don't have people who know the business to train you on this stuff – You're not going to know that this coverage exists. That's just the reality. I mean, I've got, again, I've got 38 years of insurance behind me telling me what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. And we as an agency have committed a long time ago, we will um, do what's best for our clients and make sure that they are appropriately covered. And if that means that we are $18 more expensive than the person down the street and they're going to walk over there and take that policy, we're going to let them. Because I'll be honest with you. They almost always come back, mm. you know. Because if we're talking me versus somebody else for eighteen dollars, if if that's what it's, it means to you, then
4: go ahead and take them. I'll I'll tell you this, Jason. On an average Saturday, I bet blows five hundred bucks by like eleven a.m. <laughs> but this particular five hundred bucks is really stuck with him. This is from February. I just <laughs>
3: still look. I'm just it. burned that. The way it all goes down is that coming home from school on one sunny day in a normal on a road with a 35 mile an hour speed limit, yeah, my wife gets hit by a clown in a brand new car that smashes a car in front of him into my wife, and at the end of the day, they say, ah, uh, "Write us a check." We're not going to be able to cover this for you in yeah. the world I live in. I don't. No,
4: I understand it would be a tough one to swallow.
3: Oh, it smarts. It it's smarts. The, it's the principal more than the five hundred bucks. You're right about that. Yeah, I know. I was just giving you a hard time. But, but no, uh, it's, it's just like you're
6: saying, Jason. You, you, your wife is driving your kids home from school. You're doing nothing wrong and then all of a sudden you're $500 poor. Yeah, why am I in the hole for this? You know, you didn't even have a you know, you weren't putting money on the the last game of the of the Warriors Cavaliers.
3: Yeah. You, you, no, No, you, you, LaFella could lose closer to $1,000 on something like that. Exactly <laughs> correct. <Stella could. laughs>
6: Who's so, that fella? So, and that's, also as a as an agency we have uh we have agency minimums. So if you come into our agency and you you say I want. I'm buying a new Honda uh, today, and I want to get it insured. Just put my old policies on it. As an agency, we won't let you leave with less than a one hundred, three hundred. Because in reality, one hundred thousand dollars on a liability claim—that's—that's that's
2: to start. I will say too that it's better to have a, an agent with you know when your insurance companies because whenever you got this, so, so, especially a situation where I had. Because the the one accident where I mentioned with the semi-truck and me, um, the at-fault insurance company was also my insurance company. Oh. So it was an interesting situation where they wanted her to cover it based on my policy, not the other person's policy. Interesting. And so and go. going, the agent gets – can of help you work with that as an advocate saying, no, 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 no. It needs to be covered on – their policy, because you have more, uh, body, you know, like medical and body, you know, in case you're injured and stuff like that, or your out-of-pocket expenses or whatever, because it's better to have an insurance company It's actually have somebody, an agent that you can go and advocate for yeah. you. Or with the insurance company,
6: I think that's what I do more than anything. Mm. I, I mean, we all love getting a new client, right? It's exciting because I've I've grown my book and mm. I've got somebody else that I I get to influence and and help. But mm. that's really what we spend more time just doing the paperwork in the back mm. and and making sure that. A claim comes up that they're happy with what's happening, and we're on. Someone is got mm-hmm. their finger on the button mm-hmm. and watching. Did you? Did you do A? Did you do B? Did you do C? The, you know, the insurance company is asking for this form. Can you please get that done today? Mm-hmm. And that'll help move this forward. And someone has to quarterback that.
2: That's yeah. and that's what I do. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's, it's better. I mean, I and some of these online insurance agencies, maybe they're great, but it's better to have somebody to go and sit down and talk to, and have a face to face with. As an agent, say here. Here's my situation.
3: Yeah, and, and I can I ask you a couple other really selfish questions? Absolutely, <laughs> fire away. Uh, okay, so I sold my house. I bought a new house. Tried to get a quote for some new insurance when I got a new house because I figure that's a really easy time to break up with your agent, right? Perfect. Time. Hey, am I like, because I'm in the market? You know, it's not you. I just being a good consumer. I'm out there shopping. And I think it's funny, too. I'm always asking my clients to shop, you know? I'm, I'm on the radio today. I'm asking people to shop. If you're getting a home loan and it isn't with me, let me let me throw my hat in the ring. I'm going to beat whoever's out there. Um, anyway. Then as a consumer, I have so much trouble shopping. Um, So I, I asked this other agent, you know, hey, give me a quote. So he pulls up some stuff and he says, hey, man, Google Maps at your old house shows that you have a trampoline. So... We're going to not be able to write your policy because you used to have a trampoline. And I was like, well, truth be told, I didn't want to move the stupid thing. I put it on Craigslist with a free ad and some dudes came and took it apart and took it away. I don't even have a trampoline anymore. You know, I'm telling you the truth. I don't even have a trampoline today, but they wouldn't give me a policy for that. What gives? I don't even have that anymore. It's funny. The things that you cannot
6: ensure, and that really is the pinnacle of Nobody wants that. Is nobody wants to insure a home that has a trampoline? And and why? Well, because you're just begging for a, uh, a young person, a child, to get a brainstem injury and hit you with that. Never happens. Oh, I, I think it, here's the funny thing. Everyone says that. I, who's tell me the last time you heard that happen? These insurance companies talk about the law of large data sets. These guys are pulling information from across the country, and they've identified – they'd rather you have a pool without a fence – which you can't do in California. So,
3: really, what you're saying is that trampoline. we shouldn't even have a trampoline ever. It's, it, it's such a risky endeavor. It, you know what? You should go to a
6: uh, one of those bouncy parks that they have, right? That has the trampolines. We don't all have of, those here. Not they. We don't. But you if know, if I
3: lived in Temecula, there's three of them. You um, can throw a rock from one to the next. But Fresno, here, we don't have Bakersfield, one. Yeah. no Bakersfield. Yeah. and that's the whole thing. It, it yeah. Unfortunately,
6: insuring against risk is basically taking all the fun out of your life. And this is also why people love to have a conversation with me.
4: All I can tell you is this. I think I'm getting or pulling one over because I am way more dangerous than a trampoline. <laughs> Just walking around. Well, but anyway, in your,
6: in your absolute, in your specific instance, Jason, um, I would come to your house. I would take pictures that have a date stamp on them. I would have you sign a form saying, I don't have a trampoline here,
3: and I'd get you injured. Let me ask you this, though. Bring it. Because the kids really liked that trampoline. (laughs) Uh, It just got a little sun faded, a couple strings popped off, then there was a small hole in the mat, and I'm thinking, you know, know, we've all seen those YouTube videos of, like, the the dude whose foot goes through the thing and it tears and he hits the ground. So that one was at the end of its economic life. (laughs) That being said, you come out, you take some pictures, you write my policy, and then... uh, you know, oops, a trampoline's in the yard next month. Now what? So, Am I signing away something that says I'm going to disclose the acquisition of a trampoline in the future? Exactly what
6: you say. You, when you sign the no trampoline uh, waiver, you're saying that uh, there's, no, there's no trampoline here, nor will there be a trampoline here. And if anything, if a materialized out of thin air trampoline does show up here. They blow in the wind. Yeah, it i actually had that happen. Yeah, I've, I've seen it, it happen. Yeah. I, I lost my greenhouse that way. So, no, if one shows up and then there's an injury, your policy will not
3: cover that liability. Any of it? My homeowners, even my million-dollar umbrella, nothing's going to cover okay, the snap so neck?
6: Do you, the beauty the is... The brainstem break? Your umbrella... <laughs> Your umbrella will step forward, oh, and and become primary in that situation because you. But a
3: million bucks isn't going to solve a brainstem problem. No, not on my property. Exactly correct. See, I know. See, I take the fun guys are the fun
6: killers. I I am the fun sucker. I'm sucking the fun out of this room right now. You were smiling ten seconds ago. Now you're just you're bitter. Dude, I, I,
4: I really hope there's no trampoline manufacturers listening right now.
6: There there are ways to insure them. I'm not saying I'm not saying it can't be insured.
3: You're going to pay a premium for it. Yeah. It can be insured. Yeah. S- so, some some carriers will take that is there risk. Is it a special add-on or you need to go to a, like can you get normal insurance and then just get a trampoline policy? Uh no, it's part of your homeowners because that's your your
6: primary liability is your homeowners. Yeah. And uh you you just pay more because you have a an exciting device in your yard.
5: Mm.
2: Yeah.
3: Now I'm sad. I know.
2: What about something like a treehouse? If the tree was there.
3: Is there a way you can mitigate a trampoline? Yeah, like a tree house. The, Some of the risk? Say you put like a lid on it mm-hmm. with walls or you do like those <laughs> nets, right? They have little net enclosures. Yeah. You can't jump off it.
6: Every step you take that mitigates risk will lower your premium. But something the, the, the premium the
2: springs, yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah. The, the the premium is there based on what the likelihood of c- cataclysmic injury mm-hmm. and and the likelihood that's going to happen, right? It's, yeah, yeah.
4: You know, I've seen people bury them, or not like cut a hole and place them so that the the trampoline is level with the ground. ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that that would make it a lot safer.
6: I, I agreed. And the, the really the reality of it is, we just need to find an underwriter that agrees with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. I would. Jason, I'd be on the phone. I'd be talking to everybody saying, hey,
3: how do I get uh, a, a trampoline insured for my buddy Jason? I and mean, I really don't have one. That's the that's the truth. And I can tell my kids that we're just not allowed to have one because I had no idea that statistically this is more dangerous than driving down El Camino Real. Because that guy Brian ruins fun. We, we can't have a trampoline. Blame Brian.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know I think life would be tough as an insurance uh, person's child. (laughs) <laughs> you'd be walking around wearing bubble wrap the entire time and a helmet you have to uh-huh. wear a helmet to walk it <laughs> on the street have one of those corks on the end of your fork so you don't stab yourself in the
6: so you know what it's funny everyone does say that everyone does make the, the good insurance joke but the reality yeah. is i think we're all a pretty good we're a good time when we get together we're a pretty good time yeah. in a, in a modest sort of way yes we, yes we'll, we'll have a couple of drinks but not too many you know, we we'll walk quickly down a down a, a hallway, but we wouldn't run, right? Yeah, no. yeah.
4: It's like what's that that new alcoholic thing where it's um, hardish. It's like hardish <laughs> you know, cider. It's, it's hardish cider. It, it, it's insurance not... agents, we're a
6: fun-ish
4: group if you're <laughs> yeah. going to go that way. Yeah,
6: yeah. But you know, the people, it's the actuarials, the people who actually do the math in the back room. Yeah. Looking at, hey, I've got uh, his, the last 26 years data on injuries caused by this in this situation. Oh, yeah. They're the ones putting the the, the cork on the end of the fork so they don't sign themselves in the eye.
4: Yeah, the little bean counters back there. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. You guys definitely have. You said, forget the term you use, but basically, you have a huge amount of data.
6: Oh, the law of the, the law of of, uh, of big numbers.
4: Yeah, yeah. So they can pretty much tell you the statistical likelihood of anything occurring at that point. Really,
6: absolutely. Th- these are the guys that actually come out when uh, Powerball gets up to four hundred and eighty-two million dollars. These are the people who come out and say you're more likely to get struck by lightning while being eaten by a shark—two bad things happening at one time—than you are to win this Powerball,
4: right? Because I'm still buying a ticket. But yeah. go on. Well, I, you want
2: know five dollars over four hundred eighty-two million? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, worth <laughs> like, the, it's
4: worth the five dollars. I can for get rid of the five dollars. where you yeah. get to think there's about. One, what lo- there's might there's be one less done. six pack of
2: beer for well for West over there. One last six pack of beer. Hey. Uh, there. I call it, I call it dream insurance. That
6: two bucks buys me so much happy dream time. Oh, oh yeah. You know, what's the first thing I'm going to buy? Who's the person I'm going to smite? You know, it, oh, it's, it's yeah. wonderful. How many of those
3: relatives that you haven't talked to in 10 years are going to call uh, you up? Hey, old buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or, well, we're picking on them. But anyway, uh, <laughs> was
3: uh, like, well, I
4: yeah, I buy them for the same reason. I know I'm not going to win, but yeah. I'm
2: afraid. It, I don't oh, yeah. I
3: don't play the lottery no, like I'd, that.
2: But when it's up to 482 million, yeah. I go buy a ticket. Yeah, Whatever. when yeah. it gets up that high, yeah. I do too.
3: Yeah, do no, too. guys, like go look yeah. back. Nobody like me has ever won the lottery. Yeah, yeah. it's just not who wins. I, I'm yeah. and I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm afraid that I'd be like looking at the ticket and win and then just fall over dead. I agree with you. you and I, I bet you the, the the likelihood
6: is far
4: greater if you really look at the numbers. Uh, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, that wouldn't happen to me, but my fear is that I lose the ticket. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, buy the winning ticket.
2: Uh.
7: Ask yourself. well what
4: darn do- it! <laughs> and it gets plan. washed.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I bought
6: it. <laughs> What's the value of a good night's sleep? If you won the lottery, think about it. You probably would not sleep for maybe thirty-six or or forty-eight consecutive hours. Yes. Because you've got this ticket. You're probably going to put it in a Ziploc bag and you're going to tape it to your body somewhere. Just the absolute fear of having that kind of value on your person in a little tiny piece of
4: paper. Mm-hmm.
6: And of course, and you can't turn it in the next day, right? Because the Powerball draws on is it Friday or Saturday?
4: Yeah.
2: So Saturday, you, Saturday, I
6: think you can't get to Sacramento until Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And think about what how harrowing of a drive, white knuckling up the I five at seventy five miles an hour, knowing that you've got four hundred eighty two million dollars taped to your leg.
4: Oh, I'm pretty sure I'd be going fifty five in the RV in the far mm-hmm. right lane. But but that's the whole thing is all of a sudden your safety <laughs> your safety becomes par, you
6: know paramount, yeah. and you, you, you all of a sudden risk pops up everywhere, right?
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah. It, yeah, yes. No. yes. So, so we're all talking here, <laughs> to flip the conversation back around, so we're talking about putting up the two bucks to possibly win $482 million. Yeah. That's really, in, in a nutshell, that's what insurance is. Well done. You're making a tiny bet every day that something bad doesn't happen to you, right? Because let's face it, if your house burns down, it's not just your house, right? That's just the structure. But it's also your kids' pictures and the bed you sleep in and all the clothes you wear. And so... And I'd say by and large, the average homeowner's policy is probably two bucks a day. So yeah, you're that's about you're, right. You're basically getting up in the morning and you're saying, Here, insurance company, I'm gonna give you two bucks, but if this house burns down, you're gonna rebuild it, you're gonna give me a place to live, and you're gonna buy me all new clothes, and you're gonna even fill up my spice rack in the kitchen if that happens. And you flip it around like that, and you're gonna go, Wow, for two bucks, they'll do all that? Two bucks a day.
4: mm mm-hmm. Well, that's really that's about it. But the likelihood of there being a catastrophe is also small. That's why so
6: minuscule, so yeah. minuscule. And that's also we were talking about. You know, up at uh, the folks up there by the lake, Nacimiento Lake. Um, you, if you've got a fire hydrant out front and a and a, you're less than five miles away from a, a fire department, you're not going to have a house that burns to the ground. You're going to have some smoke damage and and maybe a thirty-five thousand dollar bill when they redo the kitchen, right? Yeah.
2: But, but you got to think about what the the people do say when you see these wildland fires and they get interviewed on TV and radio and stuff. What did you get? I grabbed the kids, I grabbed pitcher. some pictures, and I grabbed the animals,
4: yeah, and pets. we were out of there. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I don't think Oak Shore. I think Oak Shores is a little bit more mm-hmm. difficult for them to get to.
6: Oak Shores is a significant problem to ensure because. Uh, that not the entire development has fire hydrants out front, mm-hmm. Yeah. and where it's a volunteer department out there, if I'm not mistaken. So, so Cal Fire has a station, and they'll come, but inside the actual community, there's a there's a yeah. um, a fire district. But I don't think it's 100% manned all the time. And so the question becomes: If something happens out there, what's the likelihood that's going to be a complete loss?
4: Well, and even though if you went across the lake, it's a short drive. It's or a short. Distance, right? As the bird flies, I guess, or the fish swims, it's a long way to drive a you know big old truck around to get to it. I mean, Oak Shores is out there. It,
6: it, it very much so is, and that's the conversation when I do have somebody, somebody who's on a, a, a policy that's out there at Oak Shores or in the Bryson Hesperia area. They have a farm, they're you're grazing cattle, and I give them the bill for their their insurance. It's twenty four hundred dollars for the year, and yeah. they look at me with a big gulp and go, "Are you kidding me?" and then of course the conversation goes who's going to put out the fire who's going to who, who's coming who's coming to make sure that it's only a $35,000 kitchen remodel versus ashes cinder and a slab with a couple of pipes sticking up it's mm. a complete loss is what i'm saying on a on a farm policy and ag policy typically if there's a fire it's a 100% loss
4: yeah you know i i know a lot of firemen and I've talked to them briefly about some of the stuff. And if you're in a neighborhood, they're worried about the fire spreading to the next house. They're worried about the next, you know, they're worried about containment, you know, or putting the fire out a little bit more. You're out in the middle of nowhere and the structure's on fire and they can just hold the fire there, you know, and not burn the entire wilderness. Not risk anybody's life
3: to go in and battle it. And they're
4: they're generally going to do that. I mean, in a neighborhood because of, I don't know, the geographics and how close everything is and proximity to each other, they they tend to go after it a little bit more aggressively than they do, you know. If you're out in the middle of a 1,000 acres, um, you know, and there's no other structures around and no other people around, they're probably going to manage that fire a little bit differently, which is, I have to think, is part of the consideration that an insurance company is going to— it absolutely is. Absolutely is. And again, talking with a firefighter, talk about brave guys.
6: I've actually, I was, when I was in college, my house caught on fire. I was three dudes no rented way. a three-bedroom house. Is this why you got into insurance? Uh, you know what? I got into insurance because um, when I was young, the our insurance agent for my parents, um, he ended up becoming mayor. So I was like, you know, that's awesome. He he's an insurance guy. He knows all these people all throughout town and then he ended up becoming the mayor of Pass Robles. That's one of my long-term goals. I want to be the mayor of Pass Robles one day. Really? Yes, absolutely. I want my name on a plaque. <laughs> I'll vote for you. I appreciate
4: that. Yeah, no. I mean, I'll, I'll even let you put a sign in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs>
6: when are, When is the big run? Oh, my gosh. Probably 10 years from now. Oh, you're waiting until you have more gray hair. It, absolutely. Hey, when's the last time you've seen – I mean, Steve Martin, great guy. Talk about a wonderful conversationalist. But, you know, I, I've got a few years until I catch up to where Steve's at. So, yeah, between now and then. So you've known for quite a while that it's your desire to be mayor. Uh, I leave. I was born in Paso Robles, and I'm one of the kind of the last no. set of folks. Yeah. Uh, War Memorial Hospital up on top of 15th Street. I was born there, and I thought it would be just a really cool little you know blip to say, this guy was born in Paso Robles. He was the mayor of Paso Robles, and, uh, and now now he's interred here for eternity. Um, Paso Robles born, bred, and planted one day. Absolutely,
4: wow. dude. That was a morbid turn. <laughs> Born, bred, and dead. All the when ones.
3: I, he lost me when he said he was interred. I was like, interred. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Stop oh emphasizing God. the last syllable there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, I don't know. So, but yeah, no. It, it, it's uh, it, it, it's. I didn't know. I didn't know it then. But it's when the opportunity arises when. Uh, when chris and and ted who are the uh, the the partners that uh, run ted ham insurance approached me uh, i was very excited about the opportunity to to work you know, i mean i've been in sales my whole career but this is something that i i see the same people over and over again and the conversation just gets deeper as opposed to you know finding the next the next person to sell whatever to sure it's it's relationship building
4: yeah relationship based less transactional definitely
3: hmm so. feels like a break time. Sounds, Did you guys feel that? I
2: feel like, like a break time, actually. Right there in the my, break. My, my, fingers hovering right over the magic The
4: coffee room. runneth dry. The coffee runneth dry. I feel like it's time to uh, do that myself. All right,
3: let's do a commercial break. Jim, Jim will bring us back with another song to honor the dads for Father's Day. Oh, I'm day sure I sure will. On yeah. this last... <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is yet, but yeah, we'll, we'll bring it up this last Father's Day. Uh, we'll, be back, is, we'll be back in a minute with more Mortgage Matters.
0: To ask a question or make a comment, call 543 8830 or 800 549 5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be
3: back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step 1 is to get pre-approved.
5: Just call 543
1: loan. Central Coast Lending is an Equal Housing Lender. California BRE number 018-396-08. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the
5: mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason.
5: When a single mom goes out on a date with somebody new. It always winds up feeling more like a job interview My mama used to wonder if she'd ever meet someone That wouldn't find out about me and then turn around and run I met the man I call my dad when I was five years old Took my mom out to a movie And for once I got to go A few months later I remember lying there in bed I overheard him pop the question And I prayed that she'd say yes And then all of a sudden Oh, it seemed so strange to me how we went Something's missing to a family Looking back, all I can say about All the things he did for me is I hope I'm at least half the damn That he didn't have to be
3: I thought that next word was going to be Half mm. the dad I used to be. <laughs> girl's
5: now my wife. <laughs>
3: about
5: three
2: Brad yeah. well, anyway, Paisley. He didn't marriage, have to be.
3: Marriage, no, a, salute a to those stepdads out there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, it's been fun talking insurance, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wait, wait
6: till next time next time I'll share the dirty little secrets the little little things everybody everyone wants to put the imaginary scenario together well keep, what what if this happened then this happened then this happened who
3: who pays? keep me wanting more it's gonna be it's gonna be good fun next time well, this show a lot of our listenership is um homeowners, and uh, we try to keep the show on topic as much as possible you know so i I do kind of want to drive the conversation back a little bit. Um, and give you an opportunity, I think, to, to make the call to action here is um, how many homeowners are underinsured? How many homeowners have um, just no idea because they've been with the same person for so long? Um, funny story before I let you answer, Geico. <laughs> <laughs> One of my employees comes to town. All right, I got Geico. Geico, you're overpaying, boss. Oh, surely you've seen the commercials. You save 15%. 15%. Uh, nah. generally, I think all that marketing that says you save that money has people not shopping and really just buying that stuff. And so, um, anyway, it, it, it just proves to be true that those, um, insurance companies that advertise the most typically have some high premiums to cover such overhead. Um, and so, um, yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about those homeowners and why it is they should get in touch with you
6: to... So I'll I'll even – I'm going to fall on this sword myself. Before I became an insurance agent, uh, I had done the exact same thing. I picked up the phone. I talked to somebody at the end of an 800 number. They asked me 12 questions, and then they said, okay, Brian, we've got it ready to go. Here's your policy. Sign this paper electronically, and you're insured. I bought that house eight years ago. I have never once revisited that policy until I became an insurance agent. And I, I the first thing I did when I walked in after I passed my licensing course, I said, "I am woefully uninsured, underinsured, woefully scary." Yeah, like um, I don't know why I've been sleeping because this is this is terrible, it, it, and it's exactly what you guys had said previously. We all know that every year the cost of building materials and people who build homes that goes up every single year. But when you pick the deductible for your home, it's usually the purchase price. Hey, I purchased it for three thirty nine. I've got it insured for three thirty nine, and off we go to the races. Well, yeah, five years later to replace that home, four fifty, you know, or whatever it is. And that's what everyone, I think, when you have an agent, we first off know where the pitfalls in doing the online questionnaire, where those pitfalls are. We keep you out of them, like being able to save you that five hundred dollar deductible. Right. Click this button here. You've got $500 more in your pocket for only $2 per policy. So that's number one. Number two, it's also every year we are looking at this going, hey, it, what's changed in the marketplace? And Robles, try and build something in pass Robles today. The the, the the fees are, you know, between the permitting and the and the water meter, you're at 100000 bucks for you even put a stick up. So these fees change, and we need to make sure that our, our policies well, follow Well, the that. building
3: standards are also a bit more strict, too, in terms of, you know, efficiency requirements and things like that. I, I, you know, is your bath, if you have a commercial building, is it an ADA compliant bathroom? Well,
6: if you had, if you, if you had a fire, you're not going to get your occupancy permit until that, that is an ADA compliant bathroom and your insurance policy, they give you like for like. So what burned down, they build exactly right back up. Mm. But if you have what's called ordinance and law coverage, The insurance company will throw an additional 10 or 15 or 20 percent, depending on what you select, to make sure that you are compliant with local laws, you know, seismic retrofitting, all of those things. So there's a bunch of options there. And again, I know that we're talking insurance and I can just hear everybody out there who's listening right now just glazing over. But it really is a what do you want to protect yourself from? Give that information to me, and I can tell you how I can deliver that to
3: you. I heard a story a few years ago, um, actually through a person I knew, that uh, a guy, I don't know the, the specifics of how this accident occurred, but a guy ran up the back of a kid on a scooter, basically just didn't see him, lane change type of thing, and ran over a kid on a little, you know, a scooter on the highway. And he found out that, I mean, it broke the kid's back and caused these, you know, he was a paraplegic or something after this. And so there was ongoing medical expense. It was a big deal. And this guy was advocating, um, you know, basically that people make sure they're adequately insured for such things like this. He felt awful that his insurance company had these limits that were radically insufficient to take care of this young kid that um was now paralyzed to no fault of his own and this this guy that hit him it it basically destroyed his life that he was So irresponsible to be out on the road without – so I think not only protecting yourself, but at the same time, it's protecting other people. Accidents Um, do happen, and and this is a terrible story. I'm sorry to hear that, but it it does
6: happen. It comes up. Life is messy, and accidents do happen. There's no malice. There's no intent there, but that's what you buy the insurance for is to make sure that if something bad happens, it's taken care of. And you, Jason, I think have made a great decision by having a personal umbrella – and this is, I talked to people about this, and again, talk about eyes glazing over. This is an uh, additional on top of your existing policy. So, right. if you're in that situation and you've got, let's say, a $500,000 bodily injury policy on your auto, mm-hmm. and then you've got a million dollar umbrella on top of that, you have potentially, depending on how the insurance company works it, but potentially there's $1.5 million if you were the driver who struck that kid.
3: You would have one point five million dollars there to and help you, you know what? make them whole. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna let you quote my stuff for me, but that umbrella that I have, I think I pay two hundred bucks a year for that thing. And and honestly, it to me it's like for all those reasons. You know, that kid on my property that was on the tram and he's not anymore. Yeah. But you know, we're an active family and we're we're out on the boat. We're out doing a lot of things. There's a lot of opportunity for someone to get hurt and I feel like um, reg- or hit a Tesla <laughs> or whatever, you know, but never having to feel like I, you know, I feel like I'm doing the maximum of what I can just as to be responsible for the people around me that, you know, as a result of something, you know, and obviously we're always careful. I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but if I do, I don't want to have to tell their mom or dad or whatever. Hey, your kid I means sorry, but we, we had the minimum. Yeah. We're, we're a minimums type of guy around here. We're, we're you know a minimum mean? family. Yeah. No, it, it, I do say dollar for dollar, you can't
6: be – talk about that super lotto ticket, the the, the Powerball ticket for the like – you're saying a million-dollar umbrella, and it depends per, case by case, but we're talking $10, $20 a month. Yeah, What's the cost of a good night's sleep knowing that if something catastrophic happens – you're covered and on top of that your umbrella coverage oftentimes will include legal defense right you know so someone's suing you because someone's kid hopped the fence jumped on your trampoline then got hurt spinal cord injury they're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of their life they're coming both barrels well they the, the insurance company with the umbrella they're going to provide your legal defense and then whatever the outcome of that is they've got a million dollars to satisfy that 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 judgment It's, talk about, it's the exact opposite. Your your $20 a month for your personal umbrella is providing you a million dollars of coverage. It's, I think, a great deal
3: when you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, I've had it for like seven years and I've never used it. So And and, and hopefully you never do. (laughs) Hopefully you never do.
6: Just like my auto policy, I pay every month for my auto policy and I haven't had an
2: accident, knock on wood, ever.
6: And And it's not a
3: real thing, by the way.
2: Knocking them, on wood? No, There's all these things that you never think are going to happen. But like my dad had a issue one time where um, putting um, clothes in the washing machine yeah, at night, going to bed. Of course, the washing machine decided at that time it's not going to shut oh, off. Oh, that's it's full. what I wanted to ask Yeah, you. so like things like that. Um, and had a great policy, everything. The c- catastrophe cleanup people came in, started you know ripping things up right away. The insurance adjuster was there within a, uh, about so, a yeah, couple hours. Getting new carpet. What's except the straight for, talk you know, about this? Right, exactly. What's the
3: straight talk here? I know Will had a run-in with right. some water a few I years did, ago, yeah, but I, I feel like um, I've experienced some things yeah. in my house that were probably claimable. But I'm worried I'm getting on some kind of blacklist, or my premiums are going through the roof forever. Something's up. So I feel like yeah. that's the other thing about homeowners insurance. That's why I want my homeowners insurance basically yeah. as cheap as it needs to be, because I'm anticipating never using this thing unless my house burns down.
2: Well, here's thing too was like you know that even the catastrophe cleanup people are like well we're not sure if we're gonna be able to replace the carpet it's your it's your policy it might just have to be cleaned you know but <laughs> even the um uh, but you know just for whatever a little bit more you got brand new carpet out of it several yeah. rooms worth so what do we do about this they replaced
4: all my flooring cabinets yeah. walls but i came home and the downstairs looked like a swimming pool right you know That's that fun. was in the old house swimming it
6: No,
4: I wasn't. I I I honestly would have stripped
3: down and did a lap across (laughs) it just because you can. It was also
4: winter, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very cold. The reason that the house was full of water was because it uh, actually was freezing Throughout oh. the day for a number of days so of you would have needed happens. to heat it
3: first, and the more prudent thing is probably to just open a door and let the water uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> out. And it.
4: I may have been slightly <laughs> exaggerating with the swimming pool, but it yeah it was uh...
6: it's like
3: everywhere so it's funny. So we, we we've all
6: we the last segment we were talking about firefighters and how awesome they are and what they're when they approach a fire, what they do. But the reality the eighty percent of claimed losses on a homeowner's policy, water damage. Eighty percent yeah, wow. that that hose that goes from your washing machine to your to your your outlet, that RO unit sitting under the sink, your dishwasher. There's water, and then now, okay, if you buy if you, modern houses over what is it two thousand square feet, you have to have sprinkler pipes in them in order to get them built.
1: Yeah, so
6: th-
3: uh, those are pretty f- high pressure too.
6: Those are 2-inch pipes if I'm not mistaken. You want to talk about a swimming pool, you could fill the house up probably in about 30 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's actually those are the biggest claims. And and each claim comes down to the adjuster, right? So, you call me and say, "Brian, I've got a swimming pool in my kitchen." I'm I'm on the phone, talking to the claims department at your insurance company, and then I'm heading out there with my camera because I want pictures of it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to facilitate everything that needs to be facilitated, and I'm going to follow it all the way through because there are some times where there's some discretionary thing. Well, the carpet's wet, but it may just need to be cleaned, not replaced. Sometimes you can talk through that situation and, and maybe get a better outcome. Uh, but really it all comes down to – everyone calls their agent and we do want to be helpful, but it really comes down to the, the
3: adjuster, the claims adjuster that comes on site. But yeah. So – but my question though, where – when do you call the agent versus just dealing with this thing on my own? Like my deductible is a 1000 bucks or something, right? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's 1000 bucks. Seems – that's good. That's a good number. So let's say I have – Twenty five hundred dollars worth of damage, or so. This is something where I need to just mop it up and pay the twenty five hundred bucks, right? Yeah. Rather than get blacklisted for life because I finally had a problem. So, so here's the re- yes, great question, and thank you for asking. I, here is the reality: if
6: you file a claim, whether it's paid or not, that information follows you for three years. Oh, that's it. Yep, three years, and that three year time period. Um, You will pay roughly 20% more. For for your premiums
3: because there was a claims made because that water thing ruptured behind the washer and I'm the bad guy. You're not the, after I paid you all these years. It's not a
6: savings account, my friend. It's catastro- It's a <laughs> catastrophic. <laughs> it's, it's catastrophic coverage is what it is. But yeah, you you will. Pay. And again, sometimes I'm not at
3: any more risk of doing it again though, am I? Because I was negligent to my washer hose. You know what the funny thing is? Anyone
6: who's had this situation knows that it seems that these things kind of clump together. One thing happens, then the next
3: thing, then the next thing. And Look, Brian, here's your opportunity. Since you're not the insurance like God, you can just say, you know what? I think it's a poor policy, too. But that's just how it works. <laughs> this is the, this because is in the my business, I end up telling people, I know it's a pain in the butt to give me your bank statement that shows your Social Security, your 1099 from Social Security, your award letter from Social Security, and then I need to see it on your tax returns from Social Security. Um, I know that's obnoxious, but that's just how it works. So, but anyways, go ahead. And, and, and <laughs> you're absolutely correct. It, it is unfortunate, but the
6: reality is we don't. Insurance isn't there. This is the a little opportunity
3: account. to grab a little extra because I had to write a check.
6: It, it, it's uh, we want to dissuade you. All <laughs> right. We want to dissuade you from claiming next year and the year after. We it's it, it's it, it's it's they're trying oh. to train you with your pocketbook. To behave in a way that's beneficial to them,
4: you're like Pavlov's dog, and very much so. <laughs> Do you hear that bell ringing?
6: <laughs> that's and that's exactly it. So, and again, twenty percent on a, on a homeowner's policy. What are we talking about? An extra 50, 80, 100 bucks a year. That's no, the principle
3: again. Yes, we're back to that principle. Yeah. You are a principled man. He's
4: still <laughs> stuck on that five hundred bucks. You're not going to let go of that. <laughs> <laughs> so,
6: but yeah, no, that, that, what they're trying to do is they're trying to train you. Yeah, I have twenty two hundred dollars in damage. Now nah, I'm writing a check
3: as opposed to filing a claim on that. Well, yeah. why the premium is only going to go up fifty bucks for three years? That's only one hundred fifty bucks. If you're yeah. good at math, it works in your favor.
4: <laughs> we we tend to be good at math.
3: Yeah, 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 yes. Especially in eighths. I mean, I can do stuff and in, in eighth point increments faster than most people. Yes, sir. Wow, I feel like I learned some today. I, I, really hope so. I that
6: was the intent of coming here. I, I don't want to talk about insurance make everyone's eyes glaze over. But there is. Well, a, you're very
3: well spoken for an insurance person. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I, I'm and fascinated by. And it's also it. rare to have like an extroverty insurance person too, in my experience. So could just be my experience, but I've run across a lot of insurance agents that want to look at my shoes, you know?
6: Uh, (laughs) They're very interesting
3: today. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, and and again, I I have to convince people that what we're doing is in their best interest, and I want to make it as enjoyable as a process as possible. We're starting a relationship. I'm going to be talking to you every year when it's time for renewal to make sure that Anything that's changed has been recorded. Anything that's different is covered. Oh, you, I've never had that call. Uh, well, that you're going to really love the, the quote we give you, and then next year you're going <laughs> to love it when I call <laughs> you. It, it's a fun conversation to have every year because if else, you're just checking in. How are things? What's good?
3: What's bad? Because in reality, I really hope that's the only time I talk to my clients Every well, should... Renewal Time. I used to buy and sell cars a lot. I mean, I don't have a license. It's just a fun thing that I've done. I think I also get dissatisfied with cars, and so I always end up just email my agent like, hey, sold the Toyota, picked up this Honda, something, you know. Okay, well, send me X, Y, and Z. You got it. Done deal. Um, Piece of cake. The one dissatisfier I've had with my new agent or my current agent was I'd um, last year we got a boat and so I did the responsible thing where I emailed my agent and say, Hey, I bought this boat. I try to provide as much information as I can. This is how many feet it is. is a, here's the whole number. Here's the plate number of the trailers, the kind of motor it has all this kind of thing. Right. Um, okay, great. We'll get it insured. So, like, four months later goes by. Well, now it's not even summertime. This boat hasn't even been out now in four months. <laughs> and I go, hey, I never heard back, nor did I get a bill, right? And I didn't see my premium change or anything like that. So a couple months later, as we're, like, beginning to approach uh, boat season, I sent out an email. I said, hey, I didn't hear back from you about the boat. Did it get, like, covered somehow, and I just didn't see how I paid for it? Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, it fell through the cracks. We'll make sure to get it done. Um, So that was, like, months ago. And now I'm, like... uh, Still? Well, yeah, and we're boating regularly now. So I'm pretty sure my boat is uninsured, but I feel like I have a strong claim against the agent if I have a problem, and I have the umbrella right. So I figure I'm not totally flapping in the wind, but it's frustrating to me where I feel like I'm going, hey, over here, need to give you more money, want to make sure I'm still provided adequate coverage does my agent have any copability in this or liability should I have a loss on my boat where I can prove I followed up with you multiple times and you didn't do your job do I okay I'm certain that Ted and Chris are gonna
6: beat me on the head with something but you're 100% correct if you have proof that you told your agent to provide you coverage and they failed to follow through on that. So I should, balls
3: in their court now, huh? It really rolling, is. Yeah, I'm rolling yeah, free. I hope <laughs> your agent's listening to this,
6: and they should be texting you right now what your new premium on your boat policy is going to be. Because, no, you're absolutely correct on both counts. There is culpability there because you told them to, to make coverage for you. So there's culpability there. And then, yes, your umbrella, if some, something bad happened, your umbrella would... Or could I should say I don't know your policy I'm not reading the language but it very well could step forward and act as primary
3: in the case something bad were to happen. Well, I probably most likely the outcome is probably my boat gets stolen or it sinks. Right, so it's a property loss. In which case, I don't know. Those are easy, and that's the. Th- everyone comes
6: into the office when they talk about any. It's always about property. Rebuild my house, fix my car in case it gets rear-ended. My boat sinks no one thinks about the actual problem is liability yeah you're driving your boat you didn't see that skier down and you whacked him with the hull that's expensive sure a, a boat even if it's that's a really something i boat. can
3: control though to to a degree
6: it, i hear what you're saying if you see them, yeah no i i hear what you are I I, I, I I had a cousin that actually got run over by a boat in the uh, sacramento river delta uh, water skiing went down they didn't get the flag up in time and the the boat was and it wasn't it was nothing they didn't do anything wrong. It's just one of those bad accidents, but, yeah. you know, it damaged them. Too. Did
3: you hear, by the way, next year they're requiring, a like, a boater? You have to basically get a boater's license. I, I Why did that take so long? I'm not sure. Um, it I'm, seems – I grew up on boats. I worked at a marina. I, I have a lot of boating experience, and to me – there's a really scary thing with a guy showing up, going, "Here's some money. I'll take that boat." And then they hit the lake um, with no brakes, and uh, you know, spinning this like knife concoction off the back around people. It, it's, and all the while, everyone's drinking. Right? We've all seen this.
6: We've absolutely seen this. Usually Memorial Day or Labor Day, someone just bought their first boat. Oops. Right, and and you see him launch, and the first thing you say is wherever that whatever yellow boat goes, I want as far away from it as possible because that is where accidents happen. Yeah, and, and you you see it because again, you I've evolved, I've been water skiing since I was five, and your dad teaches you right. This is this is what the buoys This is the right the way, and you learn all this stuff, and then next thing you know, someone's driving their boat between your skier and the back of your boat, and they're catching your ski line, and you look at them and go. Did you not realize what we're doing here? I, yeah, no. I'm, why did that take so long? Motors. I'm a motorcyclist myself. People who just. I have a car license. I'm ready to go. No, no. Yeah. Two wheels different than four wheels. You need a different license, and it's boating. I don't. I've always wondered why that wasn't a requirement.
3: Yeah, and as much as I'm not excited about having one more fee to pay and test to take one to more do, test. this is one where I really do think. You should demonstrate minimal competency to be able to, to go pilot a boat. Absolutely, because there's no
4: break. There's no break. It's, no break. Yeah, it's fast. Know. It's you know.
3: dangerous. And people drink the whole time. You yeah. know? Like, if you ask the average boater, too, by the way, is like, are you allowed to have open beer in the boat? Um, they'd go, well, yeah, it's a boat. <laughs> 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 you know? it's Now, so you see these campaigns. It's like, well, drunk boating is every bit as illegal as... Um, drunk driving, you know. I, I, that, so. Again, 6,000-pound missile with, you know, 200 horsepower. Yeah. All right, we're running out of time here, but I want you to be able to give your contact info out to the uh, the folks that might want to get in touch with you.
6: Excellent. So it's Ted Ham Insurance Agency. We're at 1503 Park Street, downtown Paso Robles. And uh, anyone who needs – even if I didn't write the policy, give me a call, and I will give you a free insurance checkup to make sure there's not gaps or problems. Uh, the number there is 805- two, three, eight, one, eight,
3: one, eight. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. Same thing goes for us. Even if we didn't do your loan, and uh, you, you heard what I said earlier in the show, if you got an interest rate on a 30 year fix that has mortgage insurance or a rate over four and a quarter, if you got a 15 year loan that's got a rate over, you know, probably three and a quarter, you should probably get in touch with us and let us figure out if there's something we can do for you. We love doing those checkups. So uh, you can find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. One number rings all of our offices around the county. It's 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, Hope you all enjoy a special day. And uh, thanks again, Brian, for coming on. Will, for sitting in for Dan. Jim, for being with us again. Everybody, have a great week. Be safe. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters.